Okay, so we're live. Um, welcome to the Remarketing Podcast. My name is Jerome Lewis. I'm your host. This podcast is sponsored by Digital Real Estate Strategy. We specialize in helping real estate agents, real estate investors with their marketing and tech. So our content, our content here, the purpose of the, re, the remarketing podcast is marketing, tech, business, and leadership. That's the purpose of our content. And we're specifically wanting to address real estate agents, real estate investors, and real estate entrepreneurs. Anybody can listen, but that's our niche. That's typically who we work with. So again, our purpose here for this interview discussion, this podcast discuss, discussion is to spotlight our, our guests. So Scott, our purpose is to spotlight you, your business, your service, or your product in a way that provides value to you, including market exposure and content creation. Our second purpose is to educate and inform our audience and listeners. All right. That being said, I'm going to give an introduction of Scott. Scott's going to Scott's our speak for today. Scott is a highly focused professional working in the field of applied behavior analysis. He has been engaged in the field for 16 years, and he has a prior four years of experience in IT as a cybersecurity professional. His experience includes reviewing and analyzing data and other information that leads to formulating plans of action to ensure progress. His focus is always centered around risk management and beneficial outcomes for everyone he works with. His experience in behavior analysis gives him the ability to adapt to changing situations, which makes, which makes him good at making decisions in many conditions. He loves creating passive and stable investments for himself and the people he works with. His experience has given him the ability to quickly find the best solutions to people's needs with their investing goals. He's also enjoying, he also enjoys showing real estate investors how to creatively structure a property purchase in a way that removes as much risk and out-of-pocket cash as possible. Uh, that being said, Scott, the floor is yours. Tell us a little bit about you, Scott. And after you tell oh. us a little bit about you, I'm going to ask you some questions. So, All right. Great. Well, uh, Jerome, I just want to say thank you for having me on today. It's a great pleasure to be here and talk with you guys and, and to talk about what I do and, and my business and and how I like to invest in real estate. So uh, I essentially got started in real estate about four years ago. And in my, my education and mentorships that I sought out for real estate, I eventually got into to note investing. And at the time, I was currently working a full-time uh, nine-to-five job during the day as, a, as an applied behavior analysis working with the disabled. And I really wanted to get some investments rolling in that had much more of a passive role because with my full-time job, I didn't really have time to manage, uh, say, a rental property. And I didn't really have time to manage, you know, a contractor or a, a fix and flip project. And when I came across notes, I said, wow, this is really a, a passive thing. Once it's set up, you buy a note, you continue to make that rental type income. There's monthly payments coming in. You don't have to deal with any of the management. I said, this, this is perfect for my lifestyle. It's perfect for my investment goals. It gives me, you know, higher than market returns, higher than the returns you would get from a savings account or buying U.S. bonds. So this is a great balance in between. So I really got started on it hardcore after that first year of uh, learning real estate and started in the industry for about three years now. Thank you. So I, I understand exactly what you mean because my experience is like wholesaling and that is, uh, it's worth the money per se, but it is a headache to manage those people, manage those properties, deal with the title companies, deal with all of the parties involved and it's absolutely not passive. So I completely understand when you say that. Uh, what I want to do is I want to kick off with uh, like a couple of personal questions and then we're going to get into some business questions around what you do and what your focus is. So the first question mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you is uh, tell us a funny story about 
tell us what is a funny story your family tells about you that you'd like to share? <laughs> okay, um, sure. So uh, my hometown is a very small hometown, kind of tucked away in the woods near uh, Fort Dix, the Army base in New Jersey. Okay. My house was near the shooting ranges. So a lot of what I did as a kid was outdoors activities. So my dad gave me his youth bow from when he was in a Boy Scout for archery. And I used to shoot my bow at a target that was, um, and I had a backstop where the woods were behind the target. So I wouldn't hurt anyone's property, wouldn't hurt anyone by accident. You know, I couldn't damage a car or anything, just go into the woods if I had missed. So what would happen because I was a newbie archer, I guess, I think I was 12, uh, the arrows would frequently go over the target and into the woods and under the leaves. So I jumped my fence and I was losing arrows like pretty much on a daily basis. And they get expensive. So I was like, what am I gonna do? I'm tired of losing arrows. So I decided we were the last house on a dead end dirt road. I'm like, no cars come down here. If I shoot towards the road along the side of my house, you know, the worst that'll happen is it goes into the road, but I'll still be able to find the arrow. So that's what I did. And for a while it worked okay. And then one day I was shooting at and practicing my bow and I hit the top of the target. It went through our fence and it hit the compressor hose on our central air unit. And Freon started spraying all over the place. So I knew I was like dead. My mom was going to kill me. So I ran inside. I was looking for duct tape. I was like, mom, where's the duct tape? She's like, what do you need duct tape for? I was like, I just need it. Where's the duct tape? So she badgered me enough that eventually I broke down and I had to tell her because she wasn't going to give it to me. And I knew if I couldn't fix it, I'd be like grounded forever. So I said, here's what happened. And she just screamed. She's like, that's Freya. And you can't touch that stuff. And then the next family gathering we get, my uncle comes up and he goes, hey, Robin Hood. I hear you're pretty good with the bow. And they will not let me live that down. To this day, every once in a while, I'll get them talking about me shooting that air conditioner. So they call you Robin Hood. Yep. Nice. Robin Hood. Scott Robin Hood. That's so let, let's go with another, let's go with another personal question. Um, tell me, right, really quickly, tell me about three most influential people in your life and how they impacted you. All right, sure. I will start off with uh next door neighbor I had growing up, he was like my big brother figure. So he was the, probably the first person who was very important in my life. Uh, he really challenged me mentally to try to think through problems. Uh, there's the early stages of like PC gaming. So we had a Commodore 64, he'd pull up a game, have me make all the decisions. And he wouldn't give me any of the answers, even though he knew. He was always trying to challenge me to like solve and problem solve. And to this day, I love solving puzzles. I love solving problems. That instilled that like desire to figure things out in me. Uh, I guess moving on from that would be my martial art teacher. I started martial arts at six years old. Uh, my father really wasn't around much because he worked a lot. So he was gone to work by like 5 a.m. and home by like after 11. So I didn't really see him too much. I have a strong male role model. That was my str a strong male role model. He, you know, toughened me up. He taught me to, you know, to put effort into things, to be uh, dedicated to something and consistent over time. And so it was a very, very good uh, influence in my life. And then the third one would probably be my drum teacher. I took private lessons for percussion for four years. And he was he taught me to persevere and be persistent in things. I used to try out for some pretty high-end um, music tryouts for like, for example, there's something in South Jersey where I'm from called the All South Jersey uh, Orchestra. And they hold tryouts every year. He would bring the sheet music in. And I, I'm serious when I can, when I tell you, I could play through the entire sheet music, completely perfect. If I messed up the last measure, do it over again, start from the beginning. So it was pretty intense, but it taught me like that's how you have to drill. When yeah. you really want to get good at something, you have to drill. And if you mess up at the last moment, go back, try it again. You got to go through perfect. 
Nice. Thank you. So now I'm going to ask you some questions around your industry. And I'm going to start with the first question. What's one thing your business, what's one thing in your business that you didn't expect Um, about your business? So what I didn't expect was when I first got into notes is how many real estate investors had no knowledge of it. Like when I started learning about it and then I started talking about notes to other real estate investors, like their minds were like, shocked and surprised and like they're they were treating me like i knew something they didn't and i thought because they had so many years experience you know some of the guys i was talking to at 25 plus years experience investing in real estate never even looked at it out they didn't even look at seller financing properties and that that was really shocking to me that i knew something they didn't and i still understood the real estate side of things as well because of my prior experience yeah and I, i say uh in my experience i still i still barely know what a note is because it's, it's like, fr- from my experience, I heard people say, like, it's kind of new. Uh, and it's not really new. Like, it's always been around, but people are just now mm-hmm. learning about it. So, again, I still don't know notes very well. And I always lean on you when I have a situation where it needs to be, like, creative financing or notes or something like that. Uh, that being said, like, I think that we understand notes enough to to explain and talk about it, but I don't think everybody in the audience understands what a note is. So could you quickly explain what a note is and give your perspective on a note? Like, in a, you know, explain. so we're, when we're talking notes, we're talking mortgage notes. Could you define that and help the audience understand? Yeah, yeah sure, sure, absolutely. So when you sell a house uh, or when you buy a house, you know, someone, the buyer is going to go to a bank usually to get a loan. And when you fill out the documents for buying a house, there are a lot of things you have to sign because of real estate laws. The two most important documents you sign are a promissory note, which we call notes for short. And a promissory note is the terms of your loan. So it has your principal balance, your interest rate. It has how many months you're paying. And then from that, you have a principal and interest payment that you're going to pay every month. The next document is your mortgage. Some states it's called a deed of trust. And some states it's called a trust deed. And essentially all the mortgage does is it pledges the property you're buying as collateral for the loan. So if you default, the lender has the ability to take the property back and make their money back and maybe some profit when they go and resell. That's the, the basics of what a note and a mortgage is. What, where it gets a little confusing for people is they don't actually understand that. The bank can sell it. Like they're collecting payments on it, but the bank can say, I don't want to receive payments anymore. I'm going to sell these payments to someone else. And so a note investor can come in and offer some money up front and say, hey, pay to the bank, I'll give you X number of dollars for those payments. And what happens is that note and mortgage, the ownership of it transfers from the bank to the note investor. And now the note investor becomes the bank. And the person who's living in the home, nothing changes for them. They go from paying their bank to paying the new bank. And that's really it. Uh, if you want to be a note investor and you go ahead and buy a note, what happens is essentially you buy the note and you start making monthly income, very similar to buying a rental property and putting a tenant in it. The exception is that you don't have to actually vet the tenant. You don't have to have a property manager in there. You don't have to deal with midnight calls or maintenance fees or any insurance claims. You're the bank. You're just, your only responsibility is collect that payment and make sure it comes in. Okay. And so, Scott, we work on some stuff together. We work on, like, projects, and I help you mm-hmm. with, like, like marketing. And you're developing – I think you're, like, near finish. You have an ebook. You have a course. Can you tell our audience how to get to those items? Oh, yeah, sure. So to get to the book and, you know, up to the course, it's on uh, Sapien. It's at S-A-P-I-E-N-R-E-S uh, dot com. 
Okay, perfect. Thank you. So if you're interested in that, just visit that website, sapienres.com. It will be in the show notes as well. Second question for you regarding business. What is the biggest challenge you're facing in your current business right now? And how are you tackling that issue? Uh, so, okay. Uh, easy one here. Um, I'm looking to buy notes. I'm always looking to buy notes. One of the things that I have is uh, an access uh, through my relationship with a capital fund, some hedge funds, I have no shortage of notes that I can buy. What I do have a shortage of is incoming capital. So I have some of my own tied up when I bought my first note. And, and again, um, I do some brokering, so I make some income there as well. But uh, what I'm really looking for is to raise capital to start buying more notes. So one of the things me and my colleagues have, you know, mutual colleagues of ours, we've all kind of talked about it together, is starting a fund, a small fund to start with where investors can put their money in and then we can go ahead and invest in notes and give our investors a really nice return on their money. Okay. Nice. Makes a lot of sense. So next question is what is the most important lesson you've learned over your career in business? Um, that would be to, to lean on other people and their resources when they're helping you, like ask for help when you need it. Don't try to do it all on your own. Uh, that was one of the things I started off with and you're aware of that. Cause I tried marketing myself or, you know, getting private money myself. And there's so many in the real estate space and in the investing space that have so much experience that if you can provide them value, they're willing to share. And when you can share together, you can really shortcut your progress. You know, for example, with, with you and I working together on, on marketing, but you, you, that's your background, that's your expertise. I would have probably spent years trying to figure it out if I didn't utilize your help. So absolutely, you know, use the resources other people have, you know, build those connections and those relationships first and foremost before you do anything. Okay. And always be Makes willing to provide sense. value first. Yeah, lead, lead with value first. I would say to build that relationship, always lead with value first. And then you can start talking about what you're working on and they may offer. And a lot of times they have. I've talked with people uh, and yourself where I'm like, hey, here's what I'm struggling with. And you've said, hey, I can help you with that because I've given you some value in the past and helped you with some, some certain things and likewise for others. So it's always, you know, leave with value and then, you know, let people know what you're doing because if they can help and they want to help, they will offer. Yeah. I find, so value is a interesting phrase. I find that people, different people have different definitions of value and uh, some I like, some I don't, but I want to know in your perspective, what does the word value mean? Okay, so that's, it's, it's a very, you know me with words and language, I love that yes. sort of thing. And um, value is a subjective thing, it's very personal to everyone. So I think what's important when you're dealing with others is to do a discovery process with them where you explore what they find is important. Essentially what's valuable is what someone finds important. So once you discover that, you get to what's important to them, now you're like, okay, well, then if I can do these things that they find important or supply something that makes that easier, they're going to see value in that because it's important to them. Absolutely. I appreciate that. I like that. That's one of the best definitions I've heard of that so far, because different people believe that value uh, means different things. Like value to me is going to be different than the next person. It's always going to be different. Like some a value to me is, hey, play this video game with me. A value to me could be, hey, make this sandwich to me on that day. It really is really subjective. And a, a question that a lot of people ask is, how do I provide value? And that's up to you. You have to figure out how you can provide value to that other person if you want something from mm -hmm. them. So yeah, I appreciate your answer. We're going to move on to the next question. The next question I have for you is, uh, what 
is one piece of advice you give to someone starting out in your career? So in, in, in the new industry, yes. I would say find a mentor. Like find a mentor. Find a mentor. Yeah. So you would, what I would do is if I were fresh, just getting started and I knew notes is what I wanted to do, I would show up to my local real estate investors association where, you know, real estate professionals get together, they talk, they congregate, and I would start looking for people who do notes and start telling like, this is what I'm looking to get into. And then I would find a way to take some work off their plate or to find out what's important in their business and then see if I can do something in return for them teaching me. There's some type of exchange. If they, you know, they like have a lot of phone calls they need to answer, you know, I might offer to field those phone calls for them and give them just the important ones. Okay. You know what I mean, like things, things like that. One thing that I think most business people find valuable, uh, I don't, I don't speak for all, but it's definitely a good place to start. That's their time. A lot of people who are in business and they're active, they time is precious to them. So if you can give them more time back by, like I said, answering emails or phone calls. That may be something that's worth them just teaching you a little bit here or there or be willing to pay. That's the other thing. I mean, nobody's going to turn down getting paid for coaching or mentorship as long as you're willing to, to pay for it. Gotcha. So I would be, I'd be looking for that. And in, in, in the note space, there are a number of mentors out there ranging anything from a few hundred dollars to tens of thousands of dollars. So you can find mentors to kind of shortcut your learning curve here. Uh, my note course that I have coming out will help with that as well. So I kind of wanted to come up with something that was pretty easy and breaking things down on a simple level that everyone could understand. Okay. And I, I know you do consulting, but do you do any mentorship or coaching? Uh, I, I will be doing some coaching with the course. Yeah, that's, that's something okay. I have packaged up with that strategy session and, and perhaps some ongoing coaching. Okay, helpful. So I got a next, and you know, I love productivity. So the next one is about productivity. What's your favorite productivity hack for entrepreneurs? And business okay, owners? well, one, one of them you actually shared with me. So I, okay. I like that one. I heard about it before, but didn't really start implementing it until you brought it up to me, which is batching. Okay. Taking, taking like, say, if you have to do videos for your social media, like taking a couple hours and doing them all there all at once. So it's all done. You have your post done for the week or whatever. Like I do that with my Facebook posts. On Sunday, I do all the Facebook posts I'm going to do for the week and schedule them. Taken care of. I don't have to worry about it anymore. The second one, I came up with myself because I was working full time. And I knew when I got home that I had to start working on my business. But if I did what I wanted to do, which was to sit down, pull up YouTube, I probably wouldn't get up or do anything for the next couple hours. So my productivity hack for that was to don't sit down. Like have your list ready to go with what you need to do. If you're working a nine to five or whatever, and you come home, stand up and then just look at that list. And at some point you're going to feel anxious or the urge to do something. And that's when you start with the first thing. For whatever reason, sitting just led me to wanting to sit and relax more and not get up and do work. But if I stood up and I just waited for a little while, the urge to move is what came over me. And I redirected that towards my list. Nice. That's helpful. So uh, we're going to move to the next section. Where I'm going to ask you some questions around some resources that people can probably get uh, to, to kind of learn more, to grow themselves, their business, as well as learn more about you. And the first question okay. is, uh, I want to ask you is, what are three books that you would recommend to your audience, to the audience, and why? Okay. Uh, I have more than three, I think. How many you got? You're looking, probably like five or six. 
Okay, okay, let's do let's let's try let's try three and then let's see how much time we got for the other two. Sure. Maybe we we'll yeah. put the um, bonuses me, as bonuses in the show notes um, or something like that. And the reason why I have more than that because I think there are several really good books on business and finance, and I think with business that goes hand in hand with mindset and philosophy. So okay. I have a couple with that. So I'll, I'll, what I'll do is I'll try to balance these three between those, so then we have time. But the the first one for mindset that I, I would recommend is called Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Was a, he was a Stoic philosopher and it's a really good book on philosophy and getting your mind straight with certain things. They're really good on discipline. And it's just a very good practice to take under. I love the, the Stoics, you know, and their philosophical approach to life. Um, another one that I would do, just a basic finance book would be The Richest Man in Babylon. I don't know if you've heard of that one, but it, it yes. explains- It's my favorite finance principles. book. It's very simple. But yeah. I like it. Yeah. It takes basic financial symbols and puts them in a story form so they're easy to understand. And let me think what the other one would be um, in terms of, of business and all that. Um, uh, there's always Think and Grow Rich, Think which is a classic for, for mindset and for business, really. Um, another one that I would recommend for business would be Profit First. Profit First. So we got four. You got one more? Um, let me think. I had it in my head. I can't think of the fourth one offhand. I had okay. it. Don't worry I about had it. it. But we those got, are three. If three. I think of more, we got I would add them to the show notes. Yeah. Okay. So now I'm going to ask you for three podcasts. Do you do you watch podcasts? You have three yeah, recommended really, podcasts? Um, so one that I liked was called the Dark Horse Podcast. Okay. That one, he does a lot of like um, commentation on what's going on in society. So like he was doing some stuff about coronavirus and he seems to me to be having like a well-balanced point of view. He doesn't really slant one way or the other. I think okay. he, in terms of like current events and news has been probably one of the most like balanced and as unbiased as you can get at resources out there. Okay. So I like that one in terms of like current events. I have a couple of YouTube channels um, that I like. Okay. One of the guys is, it's called Future, as a YouTube channel, it's F-U-T-U-R. And the guy who runs that, he's a logo and video designer, and he, he charges a lot of money. But what he does on his channel, which is really great, he trains people to run their own businesses and how to talk with clients and customers. So, if, for example, I do consulting. Uh, I think you do consulting as well. And we get in the situations where we're talking with potential clients that might say to you, you charge too much. He has really great strategies for overcoming or having that conversation with him to really talk about the money involved with the service. And I really nice. like his input on that because people will, and I think you've experienced this before in real estate and it definitely happens in notes. People will basically not want to pay you for your advice. They'll say, Hey, you know, why don't we go out and I'll, we go out to lunch. I got some questions to ask you rather than like, Hey man, like I spent years learning this, I spent time, money to develop these skills. <clears throat> Like going out to lunch and me giving you basically a college degree in notes or something is, or a college right. degree in marketing is, it's not going to cut it. Right. It's not worth it. Let me go out and I always say the <laughs> most annoying phrase that you hear from people that want to learn something from you is, let me pick your brain. That is yes. one of the most annoying phrases. And it's, it, it's we just got to stop doing that and stop saying that. So, yeah, I appreciate mm -hmm. that. I agree with you. Uh, so you yeah. gave us a podcast, a YouTube, you got anything else, yeah. another resource? Um, the other one I like in terms of like a business as well is Noah Kagan. 
Okay. So he, he started at Sumo. He got fired from Facebook, started at Sumo, but he does a lot of videos on entrepreneurship as well. Um, I was having uh, someone I know watch one of his videos, which is called a million dollar business in a weekend. And he goes through a five-step process, how you can take an idea, test it, find out if it's worth a million dollars, who's interested, and then even pre-sell things to make money on it before you even get it up and running. So there's really cool ideas about starting businesses and how to scale those businesses. Nice. So we are, we are running up towards the end and I have one more question for you, Scott. So where can listeners find out more about you online? Okay. So I'm, I'm on Facebook. So you can go in to find Scott Slachter. Uh, My business is Sapien Real Estate Solutions. You can find us. We have a business page on Facebook. Also have sapienrealestatesolutions.com. On that site, there are blog post articles that have information about notes and talk about it in more detail. Um, I do have scottslacker.com where you can learn more about me personally. And then if you want to learn about the, the book and the course that I have being completed shortly, that's uh, sapienres.com. All right. All right. So, Scott, that, that's a wrap. I appreciate you coming. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank and, you for having me. Um, I love being on there. Love absolutely. chatting with you. Likewise, we're going to have you come back in the future and maybe we'll go into more details on like specifically what you do, like notes and mortgage notes and some of the other things All you right, do, awesome. like creative financing, and maybe we can do some case study stuff like that. So uh, again, yeah, thank you so I'd much, Scott. Uh, awesome. I appreciate you and we'll we'll be talking in the future. All right. Sounds good, man. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Bye-bye.